Rambam Mishnah Torah, Hilcheshchita, Pedic Shvi, Chapter 7 of the Laws of Ritual Slaughter, which incorporate within them the laws of trephos, of what makes an animal not kosher when the shochet inspects it. And just to briefly recap, in the beginning of Chapter 5, he says that in addition to trefa itself, which means when a lion attacks a cow or similar, there are other illnesses which are called trefa, and they make the animal unkosher, and there are eight types of trefa conditions. He enumerates eight. The first is when the animal attacks. The other is a nikuva, when an the, there is a puncture in one of the limbs of the animal. He goes on to enumerate six more. And then in chapter 6, he begins to define what nikuba is. What does it mean? When we say that if there's a puncture in one of the internal organs of the animal, the animal is trefa. He goes on to enumerate in the beginning of chapter 6 that there are 11 er organs where if punctured, they cause the animal to become non-kosher. And he goes through the beginning of explanations. He goes through the explanation of various of these organs. And now we come to chapter 7, which is a whole chapter on what is perhaps, and I say perhaps because I'm not licensed to say for sure, perhaps the most important organ, which has to be checked. When it comes to a shochet ubodek, and that is the lungs. So now, chapter 7 is all about the lungs, a whole chapter about one organ, the lungs. Shnei krumes yesh alareya, chapter 7, alacha 1. The lungs have two membranes, two fine skins covering their membranes. If one of the two was punctured, muteris, the animal is still permissible to be eaten. But if both membranes were punctured, trefa, the animal is considered trefa. The word trefa means not kosher. It's going to die. It's not an animal that can survive for any normal length of period. Speaking of the upper membrane, even if it becomes totally peeled off and disappears, it's gone. Or as the kids say in preschool, it disappears. Muteres, it's still permissible. Because the upper membrane does not concern us as much as the inner membrane. What about the windpipe which is perforated in the chest area or lower, not the part of the windpipe which the shochet severs, but lower than its treifah. That's the place in the windpipe in the trachea, which is not fit for shechita because it's too low into the chest, a puncture wound there makes the animal trefa because the animal cannot live with that puncture wound. 
Beis Hischel Bashchita. What if the Shochet began the process of Shchita? He began to slaughter the Shochat Kol Hakona. And in fact, he severed the entire trachea. We learned earlier that a kosher shechita in an animal is to sever the majority, at least, of both the trachea and the esophagus. What if he severed the entire trachea? And then, after the trachea was already severed, the lung was punctured. But the shechita had not yet been completed because the esophagus was not yet severed. That's the second simon. And then he completed the ritual slaughter, the shechita process. Because the puncture happened before the completion, the animals considered treifa. Because the lung, this critical organ, was punctured before. The shechita was complete, called them gara shechita, v'chein kol And here the Rambam adds four words. When they are added, they are important words. And the same law applies to any similar scenarios. Which means this is not just a story the way we told it, but this is a general rule which applies in similar situations. Gimel. I, I was recently listening to a talk that the Rebbe gave on the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, on the Code of Jewish Law, written by Rabbi Shneir Zalman of the Adi, which is called the Rab Shulchan Aruch. And the Rebbe commented that the Alter Rebbe brought down these words, and then he went on to speak for about 30 minutes about the ramifications of these words. So these are powerful words. Okay. One of the bronchial tubes of the lung was punctured, was perforated. Even if one was punctured into the other, it's considered treifa, because perhaps we can argue that one protects the other. What if the lung was punctured? The ola krum bamakya, and scar tissue grew on the wound. Venistam hanekev, and the puncture, the perforation, began to be closed or was closed. Ain a klum, it doesn't mean anything because scar tissue sealing a wound does not cure the situation. Nikva ha'im. If the mass, aim means mass, of the longest perforated, even though the wall or one of the ribs uh, seal it, that's called the daifan, the ribs. What if it was perforated at the place where the lung breaks into lobes? And that's where the lobe lies on the rib of the animal. Kshera, it's kosher. Dalid, Bamed, Varamamorim, when does this apply? When the perforation in the lobes is sealed by flesh. Bosar is flesh of the animal. 
But if the perforation is sealed by bone matter, it does not protect it from becoming trefa. If, however, the perforation in the lobes was attached to both the bone and the flesh, then the animal is permitted because when it's the bone alone, it's a problem. When it's the bone with the flesh, it's okay. Hey, five, ha'im shorea, when the body of the lung adheres to the ribs, Bain shehelos tzmochim, bain shelehelos, where the growths appear, boils filled with pus, so that it indicates that it was probably perforated, or it did not yield growths, cheshin lo shemanikva, we are concerned that it was perforated. So what do we do? We carefully separate it from the rib. Taking extra care that we, through this process of separation, do not perforate it. If when it's separated from the rib, it's found to be it's discovered to be punctured. And we find a bruise on the rib in the place where the puncture was. We say, aha, this cow was bruised. And we say, the bruise must have happened after the shechita. When the separation happened due to the bruise. But if, as we inspect it, there is no bruise on the rib. We should know that this puncture, this perforation in the lung was probably there before the shechita. And therefore, there's something inherently not kosher with this lung, and therefore the whole animal is considered trefa unkosher. Vav six horeya shenimtze b'makem atum kol shuushenaruach nichnases b'aveni nitbach. You know what's interesting is that the sholchet, part of the process that he does to inspect the animal is he blows up, he inflates the lung to make sure that the lung inflates properly, and then he checks it. So he says here that when it is discovered that there's a closed place in the lung where the air does not enter and that part does not inflate, that is considered as if it was punctured. And it's tray. And how do we check it? How do we inspect it? We cut off the portion of the lung that would not inflate when the air was blown into it. If moisture or fluids are discovered within it, then the animal is considered permitted. Why? Because we assume that it was due to the fluid or the moisture that the air did not enter that area of the lung. However, if no fluid or no moisture 
was found in it, so that's not the problem. What do we do? We have to do a test. This is only a test for the next hour. We put a little saliva on. A tevin, or we hold a piece of straw there. A kana for a feather, or kayetzeban, or similar. And then we blow into it. If the saliva, or the straw, or the feather vibrates, it moves ever so slightly, then there's air. It's kosher. And if not, Trefo, it's not kosher. Because air doesn't go in there, and that is a problem. It, it, is as, it is as if it was perforated. When a sound, like a whistling sound, is heard. When a lung is inflated. If the place where the sound comes from is recognizable, you can locate it and identify it. So you put saliva or straw or similar, he mentioned a feather before. In this nodnate, if it moves, you know it was punctured and it's If it's not recognizable, then you put it into lukewarm water and you inflate it. In big if the water bubbles, then the animal is and If not, Yadu, you should know, it's only the lower membrane that was punctured, and the air is moving between the two membranes. That's why you have that hushed whistling sound when you inflate it. Ches! By the way, there is a diagram of inflating the lungs. It's called inflating a lung. This is an encompassing principle that you need to know. That whenever a lung, which was placed in lukewarm water, was inflated, and the water does not bubble, what would make it bubble? Air escaping. That's proof that the lung is complete, no perforation, no puncture, because if there was a perforation or a puncture, the lukewarm water would encourage the air to come out and you'd see bubbles. So that's the big test, the litmus test. Test 9, along which the lung becomes liquefied and it can be poured out like water from a pitcher. Yet, interestingly enough, the upper membrane is whole, without even a puncture. So, if the bronchioles remain in their place and have not degenerated, they've not melted, they've not become liquefied, shader, it's kosher. If even one bronchial tube has become liquefied, it's not kosher. Okay, so what do you do? So you puncture it. 
And you pour it into a container glazed with lead or similar. If whitish threads appear, be a in penis. This is proof positive that the flesh of the lung has degenerated because of the white strands. Utreif on its treif. If not, only the flesh of the lung has become liquefied. But the membrane has not, the bronchioles have not, and therefore it's still kosher. Yud, when there are, this is a word that we use in the plagues, when there are boils, Discovered on a lung, if the boils are filled with air, a mayim zakim or clear water, a lecha or a fluid, <clears throat> which flows like honey or the like, a lecha or a dried fluid that's firm like stone. The animal is permissible. However, if a putrid fluid, a murky liquid, like a pussy infected liquid, is found in it, when he brings forth this liquid, and he inspects it, he has to check the bronchial below it to see if it is punctured, the animal is straight. If one discovers two boils adjacent to each other on the lung, the animal is straight. Because most probably, there is a hole between the two boils. There's a puncture. And because it's between the two boils, there's really no way to inspect it. What if there is one, but it appears like like two? You puncture one. If the other boil empties, then it's one. It's permissible. But if not, because we're concerned, that there is the puncture. If the lung degenerates, the animal is called treif. Ketzad, how does this work? For example, it was discovered that the lung was whole. It was complete, it was intact. Yet when you hung it up, it breaks apart and falls into separate pieces. So that is a problem. What if the lung is found to be punctured in the place where the butcher's hand is working with it? We can assume that the butcher caused that puncture. Muteris, it's kosher, it's permissible. And we assume that the puncture was caused by the butcher's hand. We aim them and we say, This puncture came about from the butcher's hand after the slaughtering process. What happens after the slaughtering process doesn't interest us. It's only an indication, perhaps, of what was before. 
If the hole is found in another place, not where the butcher was handling it, and it's really unknown. If this happened before the slaughter, before the shechita or after, then we go to begin with and we create another hole. We try and emulate the first hole and then we compare. As we learned earlier, that we do with the intestines. Now it would be a big mistake to compare a small animal like a sheep or a lamb or a goat to a big animal, a cow or a bull. Ela midaka ledaka, you have to compare the smaller animal to a smaller animal, or migasa legasa, and a larger animal to a larger animal. Because you have to do, as we say in our vernacular, apples and apples. If the hole, the puncture is found in one of the blisters, in one of the boils, we don't say that another boil was punctured and let's do a comparison because it's not obvious what if a needle is found in a lung so we inflate the lung if air does not come from the lung you should know that the needle entered through the bronchial tubes and therefore did not puncture the lung but if it got cut before it was inflated when the needle was found so you can no longer inflate it then unfortunately it's forbidden we can safely assume that it was punctured as the needle entered what if there were worms or there was a worm in the lung and then it punctured the lung and it exited the lung and now we see the lung was clearly perforated by the worm is this a problem? This animal is not unkosher, it's permitted to be eaten. Why? If the lung is perforated, it's not kosher. The answer is we assume that the worm perforated the lung after the shechita process. Therefore, it's not unkosher. Yes, shamares, however, if there are certain color changes, that if that lung, if that organ changed to a bad color, then it's considered as if it was punctured. Because when flesh changes to a bad color, it's as if it was dead. And we assume that the changed color section of the meat is as if it's not there. As it says with the laws of leprosy, and there is a spot of living flesh in the blemish, 
Bosorchai, on the day when he will present living flesh. So, Miklal Shashar Habosa Shinishtana Enachai. This teaches us that other flesh, which became severely discolored, is not considered living flesh. Tezayin Ro Shinishtana Mareo. If the color of the lung changes, Bain Mare Kula, Bain Mare Mixosa, whether only part or in whole, in Nishtan Islamara Hamutar, if it was changed to a permissible color, I feel the Nishtan is Kula Muteris. Even if the whole thing changes colors, it's okay because the color it changed to is not a problematic color. In Nishtan Islamara Hosser, but if it changes to a problematic, Color to a forbidden color, I feel a kosher, even somewhat. Trefa, it's considered trefa. Shahamara ha'osir kenekav hu'chashim. Because the forbidden color is considered like a puncture, kamesha bi'anu, so it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. What is a forbidden color? What's a permitted color? And what's a forbidden color? So here we need color therapy. Yud Zion 17, Vechamesh, Mares, Asures, Yeshbareya. There are five forbidden shades in a lung. And these are the forbidden shades. The shades that if we see them, they're not kosher. Shcheda Kidyei, one is black like ink. A Yeruka Kein Kshus, greenish yellow like hops. A kein chelmein beitza, yellow like the yolk of an egg. A kein choria, or like safflower. A kemara habosar, or like the color of meat, which is reddish. The choria, what is safflower? Who hatseva? That's the color. Shetsevim be habgodim. Used for dyeing clothes, it's comparable to hairs, which are slightly red, leaning towards gold. If the lung is discovered to be the color of the branches of a date palm, it's forbidden because we're not sure, because that's pretty close to a forbidden color. All of these forbidden colors, we don't say that the, lung, that the animal is forbidden because of them until the lung is inflated and then massaged by hand. The hand of the shochet massages it. It goes for massage therapy. If the inflation and the massage transforms it to a permissible color, muteris, it's fine. But if it was static, if it retained the forbidden color, it's forbidden. And again, my friends, for those of us who are novices, we're getting an idea of the huge task of a shochet. Yutes. Arba mares mutores yeshba, having enumerated the forbidden colors which the lung can become transformed into, there are four permissible colors. These are okay colors. And they are the following Shcheda kibachel, a blackish blue, a yeruka kichotzer, or green like a leek, a aduma, or red. A kemara hakover, or like the color of the liver. 
Even if the whole lung was entirely colored <coughs> in these four colors, patch after patch, spot after spot, as long as it is limited to these permissible colors, it's okay. Chof 28th, Shanafala Ur. Here's an interesting law. There is a bird who was not the smartest bird on the telephone pole. And this bird flew into a flame and then flew right out. So the bird has to bench Gomel. It survived the flame. The Hadik Libe Ekvede or Korkube. And then later we find that its liver or its craw turn greenish. Or the digestive organs, the intestines turned reddish. It's not, it's treif. Because any greenish color that becomes red, or the reddish color that become greenish, because there was an event where the bird flew through a flame. It's as if then that part is not there. But there is another application that can be done. You slightly cook it and you massage it and see if it reverts back to the original color. And finally, the closing paragraph of chapter 7. Whenever a fowl, its liver, whenever the liver of a bird looks like the digestive organs, or the digestive organs turned, changed looks, and they maintained that change. After it was somewhat cooked and massaged, as we explained above, we can safely assume that it went through a fire even though we don't know that it did and its digestive organs were singed or burned or it's considered because of this change of the look so we really need to see how it looks furthermore the intestines of a bird they don't look different, they look normal. And when they were cooked, they look different. They became reddish. Those parts that should be green. Those parts that should be red became greenish. You should know that it experienced fire. And its intestines were burned. Now, by the way, this does not apply to an animal like a cow or any other animal, because the animal skin is too tough and will protect it from that fire which it goes through, whereas the bird doesn't have enough skin to protect it from the flame and it could become unfit even though it's not visibly burned on the outside. So also, if the color of the gullet, the outer skin appears white, and the inner red, 
whether in fowl or animal, it's as if it's not, therefore it is straight. End of chapter 7.